on shows that don't have a solid intro, like the drawing board, uh, we we just talk for a few minutes, and then when we feel like we're laughing or we're ready, we we jump in. So I'll I'll I'll, I'll cut it from when it when it. That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> That's you when you come. Welcome to the Poorly Educated Podcast. Uh, this is a podcast where I don't have an alliteration, but the OG one is quizzical questionnaires question things quizzically. <laughs> question things. Qu- your eyelids are growing thicker. I don't as you care speak. about no alliteration today. I'm too tired. So uh, you are a little bit of a sleepy. It's boy. a science podcast uh, where we discuss fringe science. We're trying to. And we we discussed science related topics and like just like the meaning of life, dude. Like last week, last week was the meaning of life, brother. <laughs> and we just we try to make dumb people smarter and smarter people dumber. There it is. One thing. So we're episode forty nine today. One thing that we've forgotten to mention the first forty eight episodes is that we are bugs. We are bugs. <laughs> so when you think back, what to was it? I'm like Ant Dude and, and Beetle Ant Boy. Dude and Beetle Boy coming at you live from the Drive by Dog Studios today. This episode brought to you by Frey and Bite Toothpaste Bits. That's right. We're teasing you, and we're going to get to that a little bit later to start off. You know. I, I, I hope you're ready. So you actually, five hours ago, probably seven hours ago now, you, you tweeted that you were feeling a little enlightened. Oh, uh, yeah. That's right. I'm, I'm, I'm watching. I, I support my boy's Twitter from uh, afar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I've been, I don't know. I've been reading so much. I've been... You, got, you guys know Brian Green? He's a fucking physicist. He's a theoretical <laughs> physicist. And this I've is you like, know a group of drunk toddlers. <laughs> I've been listening to him. I've been like watching videos mm-hmm. with him and and Sam Harris. Who? So last week I talked about uh free will a lot. Like we you talked did, about yeah. uh, some of my like stance on free will. And uh, please tell me you don't believe that. Anyway. No, I do. I do. <laughs> I forgot to. I forgot to like mention the like tons of the thoughts were not necessarily entirely my, like I, I I was I had been reading Sam Harris. And a lot of those like examples and stuff were, like, like examples I like got from Sam Harris's book Free Will, so I didn't mean to not reference him. So I just wanted to say that that's that that's where I, what I've been reading to gain information. A lot of it was it was my own words, but a lot of the information came from Sam Harris's book Free Will. Anyway, well, th- so you're you're saying that now? You should probably let them know that episodes one through forty-seven, uh, like where all that came from, too, because that also was yeah, that, that, that was, <laughs> <laughs> that was what your favorite collection of Sesame Streets and nutrition labels, yes. I think, exactly, <laughs> most accurately. Um, but yeah, I've been like so much stuff. Information is wild. So quantum he, physics is he, here. Here's cool. a, here's a real question for you. Uh, you and I have been friends for I always say ten years is a joke. It's probably coming up on like six years or something now. Um. And you've always been interested in science. Uh, we, we've always had that to, together, which is cool. I mean, we started a science podcast together. But I feel like recently there was a change and a shift where you're tripling down. Uh, so what, what, what do you think that's from? Well, this is what I've learned about myself is that I'm like, I'm like a walking cauldron of, of paradoxical ideas and, every, and the explanations that were last given to me. Like – I like, like I have so many beliefs, and a lot of them are conflicting. <laughs> so uh, that's not good. That exactly. <laughs> like, but like I'll, I'll hear like an idea explained to me, and I'll be like, "That makes so much sense." Like I 100%, get that. Yeah, a hundred percent get that. Uh, and then I like believe that, but then I like hear like another side of things. And I'm like, I believe that too. Like I believe them both. <laughs> they, even though they're conflicting, like I'm like a cauldron of like human experience and i don't know what man like <laughs> so it's y- so weird so you had this thought that you're this cauldron uh, which is a weird word you've now used twice in the podcast I, and i, I i've used it now as well um you had this thought that you're a cauldron and is the idea of you doing more research recently related to you just more specifically pinning down what you are yeah i think i mean i think it all is yeah i'm just like discovering myself and i i used to i was way more of like a very very like exclusively scientific man, like I was a man of science and stuff. But I have like, you are rewatching Lost right now. Well, I, I have this <laughs> yeah, man of science versus man of faith. Uh, but I have discovered a lot of a lot more of the. Uh, Real quick, I hate to r- interrupt you. How much more boring would Lost have been if it was man of science versus a man named Faith, and instead of John Locke, his name was just Faith, but the rest of the show is the same. 
you can continue. It would not be that different. Uh, <laughs> you don't think when he had the... So when the plane crashed, and the first time you see John Locke, and he smiles, but he has the orange in his mouth, and someone's like, hey, what's up, Faith? And he... No- <laughs> Better character. Um, yeah, but what was I saying? <laughs> You were going on about uh, your oh, yeah, discovery process. I became process like here. a bit more of like a spiritual person a little bit, and I still have some of that. But I'm, I don't know. Right now, I'm very, very back to like the science part of it. Like I love science, and I I love like the wonder of it. Like I think that's way that's even more beautiful than pretending to have an answer. Is like the uh, like once once I pretend like I know what all that wonder is filled with still exists even in science mm-hmm. uh, or especially in science then it kind of takes away some of that amazement for me uh, but like I don't know I think it's really cool but it's like I'm just a, I'm just full I'm just other people's ideas and <laughs> it's like I'm like a soup and you're just like throwing all these things that shouldn't mix together but hopefully it comes out into like a Some somewhat w- scrumptious Ian flavored soup Oh, my God. Available in a can at your local <laughs> grocery store. Under the shelf. And it's been there for years. But I love science. But like y- y- you, uh, <laughs> you're, you're, you're saying you're a cauldron. At some level, that cauldron is you, though. Yeah. Uh, so, like, you, you, are, you are a base part of the soup at some level. Yes. I am all are, of it. I guess if you th- – so that's something interesting. It actually plays into something that I've been thinking about recently. Um, I heard a thought about – just like human intelligence 2,000 years ago versus what it is now. And it's just it's, – it's a seemingly obvious thought, but for some reason I never had it. The, the idea that the only reason we're more technologically advanced is that over time gradually – so like right now there aren't enough people – let's say 30% of the people work on something innovational. Uh, and that's probably a huge uh, overlap. 30% of the people work on something to innovate in some specific category. Those 30% can only fill out so many of the categories, right? And there's in a seemingly infinite amount of categories that we can contain knowledge in. So I never considered current modern human intelligence a compilation and almost an end result of 2,000 years of human effort. And I think that's really satisfying <coughs> because when it, like, it, similar to you, when I think about myself as s- s- like a science lover or a man, a, a lover in general, <laughs> when I think about myself in that way, it's, it is that. I, I am this collection of ideas and just the progress that I make in my life, it's momentum. So the only thing that gives me faith towards scientific futures is the continuation of that momentum. That's something I used to think pessimistically towards, which I – I don't often think pessimistically, but just the idea of sheer compilation of knowledge and how much better we've got at storing data, I think on a per capita basis, we're making more progress than we ever have before. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I think it's, we are, uh, it is constantly growing and I don't know like where like the, like top of that is. I think there's, it just in our lifetime, there's probably a lot of change we're still going to see mm-hmm. uh, in our lifetimes. I think there's a lot of huge technological advanta- advances that we are in a very unique time to experience. Uh, like, uh, there are the things from, like, I think quantum computing will be, like, in th- huge in our lifetime. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think uh, we're going to, like, if... I think there there is a possibility that maybe not even in our not in our lifetime, but that we will reach like a point where because we're like working on like AI and uh, I don't know I think mortality will be able to be uh, like unprogrammed like uh, like fixed in our brain. I think it's like a biological like we are biological machines and. Do you think, think it's a biological fix, or I do you see AI as a solution to that mortality? Not necessarily AI. I don't know what it is. It could be a lot of things. That, yeah, I mean, it could be like a biological fix in our brains. Like, we just find something that makes us not die anymore, uh, or <laughs> whether it's like or like an uploading consciousness kind of thing. Like a lucky uh, shirt type deal. Yeah, well, <laughs> I guess, but it's just like anything like that. Uh, but something, an interesting thought that I had about that is that Say we did find a way to, uh, like, 
cure mortality and like we could live like almost near pretty much infinitely or at least as long as we wanted to right and obviously like kill ourselves but <laughs> uh <laughs> like what a depressing consciousness thing if you're giving can a lecture like we i i think it's very honestly possible that, that this is this happens at some point okay um say that happens and religion is correct and there is a heaven and we stop going <laughs> Isn't that, isn't that crazy? Like, as that an is idea? a very, very interesting thought. Like, we just, like, like because we don't really rely on that, we stop going. Like, there is, like, a better, quote-unquote, afterlife, and we all just stop yeah. going as much. What it, <laughs> what it's, it like, kind of empty when we get there, and all our loved ones aren't waiting for us because some of them didn't decide to die. What a cool book um, that, that shows the relationship that those two universes w- would have with each other. You should you should write that book. I will write that. <laughs> <laughs> I I, I kind of love that. W- one of the things that I love, especially in literature, is when like two people meet that weren't supposed to meet. And like uh, w- one of the books I'm reading, just like by chance something happens. And when when I think about infinite mortality relative to something like a heaven system or a hell system, that's fascinating because I eventually someone's got to say something. From the heavens, they got to start asking questions or, like, figuring shit out. I guess the only thing about that is, theoretically, like, does God want people in heaven? If people stop coming, is he going to be pissed? Is that part of the Bible? He's going to be like, yeah, we're, we're, we're good. Come on. Well, I guess he created, the, in theory, he created the thing that, like, he gave us the, like, why would he get angry at us? That's what bugs me about, like, if he doesn't like that we are... He wouldn't, like, you go to hell for being, like, an atheist. Like, why would he give us the intellect and, like, and reason and, like, using our, like, minds for, like, common sense if he didn't want us to use it? Because how could you, how could you reward someone for, quote, unquote, good behavior if there's no chance for them to not stray from that line? Like, if, if the idea is that heaven is a reward for your good behavior and your serving of the Lord... It wouldn't make any sense. Well, you sense could be a great be person and be, and, be, and like, be an atheist, but you're still going to hell. Which, t- to be clear, I'm just playing devil's advocate here, and that's, that's special here. But it's not about just being a good person in most re- – like most religions, according to religious texts specifically. Let's yeah. not dig into deeper meanings. Yeah, I know. But according to religious texts specifically, Christianity is about being a good person in conjunction – with serving the Lord. Most relationships with, with your God not only have to do with paying penance to society, but paying penance to your Lord. He's just like a, I don't know, I don't even like the, it's, it's ludicrous. <laughs> right, which, it, it's, a, it's a generally silly idea in the concept of science, but I, I don't know if it's a ludicrous idea in terms of spirituality. As someone who's more accepting uh, well, spiritually than you were a year ago, you are incredibly pessimistic in regards to religion to not religion because i think uh, like it's possible that like every religion got something like got some things right i just hate like the barring off of other ideas for one religion like that when you look at any one religion at its entire face value it's like it's just crazy as a guy but and, and i don't share too different like, of an opinion why, why from would you, you why would but i also don't get why people want to believe in like well all right i i, I, I kind of do wish i did believe in like uh-huh. an afterlife like that's comforting i'm, I'm sorry <laughs> well well it's he's like talking ADD. to me he's literally moving the mic so i can't talk anymore <laughs> it's like add because it's like across this line on the table anyway but uh it's like I, like I, I wish I had like the comfort of believing I there was an afterlife and I was gonna and like I get I get that that's comforting, and like it's gonna be better, kind of, but uh, I also like like God is like it's, he's he's an <laughs> asshole if he's real like what do you like, mean? It's just like the, the idea of him he's like it's like selfish and like he's selfish. The idea that you are like, you calling God selfish? Go to hell. Like it's like an eternal punishment for a finite amount of time to commit the crimes. So, so think about this. I, I think I've heard you say this before. Yeah. Uh, with the perspective of one human towards a god, absolutely. Uh, with the, I, I 
tons of cosmic uncertainty here. If there is a God and he is real and this is a new level of understanding, it, like the, the thought process that a human would have, like the, the thought process of it's just mean or why are we serving this purpose? The idea is that he knows better than us. So our thoughts aren't as relevant. But just then, that just takes all of the, like it, it like realizing, like, real, like believing that there is not a god is to realize that the fa- the, the, job is on us to make the world a better place, and that like everything is on us, and the stuff like, like, throwing things aside for like a greater power. So like two, two 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 situations. There's a hundred people sweeping separately or there's or there's a group of 100 people sweeping together and cleaning a room like if people are but working together towards yes. a common goal then it's indefinitely yes, going to work but that, better that's community like that's what religion gives us is like a, a sense of community but that we don't need religion to give that to us it is helpful and Not ex- exactly any it's like any one person believing something like like is Define a sense of community. Is, if, if one person believed this, it would be deemed insane. But because a group of people believe this, it's like it's oh, it's Christianity. Like if one person believed that, if I pray over my, if I pray over my bread, it's the body of Elvis Presley. Then they're a lunatic. But if they say it's a cracker in Jesus, then they're just a Christian. No, like <laughs> no, though, absolutely, absolutely. But like you have to consider um, the art of persuasion, right? So. You couldn't convince, and maybe there's another alternate universe where I'm being proved wrong and I look like an idiot, but you couldn't convince people to start worshiping God at a level where it wouldn't seem ridiculous. Elvis God, specifically. Uh, yeah, this so the, one the, person, exactly. The, you, I'm saying you couldn't convince enough people that it wouldn't be ridiculous. Like, I, you could not, no person ever could get 10 million followers to this Elvis religion. The idea is that it's based on a system of values that you can persuade around. So it, if the, the small religions are crazy and wild like Elvis religions, that's why they're the small religions. Not just because chance or time, but because they're not nearly as powerful within their meaning or within the context of you being able to describe that meaning to potential new members. With a billions of different like iterations and people adding on to that like initial – like one guy didn't come up with all of Christianity. No, like, it, like, yeah, yeah, but if you gave it enough time, then any person could build on, build onto it, and then wha- uh, so that's how a small religion starts, right? But that, that's that's what separates a small religion from a large religion in most situations is the the level of believability or reward related. I'm not, I'm not even trying to like argue religion right now. This is not what this is going to be about. That's why I'm just saying like I like science is because you don't need to have faith in it. I've gone. I kind of don't like things I've said in the past on this podcast. I want to retract them. Uh, All of them? No, of like, I don't think that like believing in science is a type of faith. It's different than faith. It's entirely, it's not Mm -hmm. faith at all. That's like a very linear way to like see it because like it's evidence. It has evidence, which is what by definition faith doesn't have. Faith is something that regard, like you don't have proof, uh, proof, but you just like have, like you like, it regard, it's just like this truth that you take in and accept. But like science, it, you don't need to have like faith in it because it's like the like mathematics of it are the anchor. You can like thi- like make a prediction about how like the or like use an equation that exists and predict exactly how something is going to happen in the real world, and then do your observation and decimal point by decimal point like it. It works out. It, it does exactly what you said it was going to do because that's evidence. And it's when you see things like that, when you can like determine where a planet is going to be in the sky with an equation, and then that and it works out, and it, and all the math works out. It's hard to not believe that you're looking truth right in the face when you're looking at things like that. And I think that's amazing. So like I, I I do agree with you in, in the amazement. Tell 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 me this. One of the things that I I run into when I think about scientific facts are how often generation by generation the everything that you just said where, where the math points directly to a specific answer generation by generation on on seemingly almost everything in science we're proving these things that we were mathematically correct wrong at one point now kind of 
to a point, not r- not really. We're we're not expanding on things that didn't that don't make sense in the initial thing, like in like physics, like it's there's uh, there was so, like so Newtonian law, and what? Go ahead. W- let's let's go back to like Galileo, um, and 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 people of that era. That's why that era was popularized was because there were mathematical facts that generally were believed to be true around the scientific community and one person or one new thought-provoking idea was capable of uh, disproving that towards a different i don't think it takes away from science at all but that that, that's one of the biggest things that concern me is that everything that i'm learning any of that i'm i'm not fucking talking about religion fucker I mean, that was like the initial point. I'm like, the, the, what about You science? just said you didn't want to talk about religion. I know, but I'm saying, that, but like, what, what's the other option? Like, science, there, there are always going to be things that we, like, might get wrong and then have to, like, rebuild or, like, reshape ideas around. But I, st- I still think even things that, like, Galileo was doing are still mathematically, like, there are parts of it that are still extremely right. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like, it all still works out, and that's amazing. Like, I, I love the idea that... In principle, with a piece, nothing but a piece of paper and a pencil and the knowledge of like the equations, you could determine the universe on a piece of paper. So, it, in in the episodes, the twenty, somewhere through twenty and thirty, we had a conversation and relevance to the Big Bang theory, um, and, and it was about a couple different things related to the Big Bang theory. So, not directly, it was an indirect connection, but the the, the conversation, and th- this is you basically saying what I was just saying was that. You hate that the things that we say that we know that we don't actually know, and I guess all I'm saying is that that's a bigger list of things than I think we think that it is, and I think that in five thousand years science will look nothing like it does, and that's but natural progression. That's absolutely natural progression. I don't, I don't think so. Point. I think that like the mathematics of it are they exist. They are hard facts. Like I think like mathematics exists outside of like what we've created. That's just like the fundamental like what the universe is made out of like those things will always make sense that's what i love about mathematics even though i'm horrible at math in school mm-hmm. uh is that you can like you can go about you can go many different ways uh, you can like with an equation you can go about many different ways to find an answer but there is an answer no matter what, like and that's amazing like hmm. and i i think th- that thing is like that's universal and it's not just something that like is like a human element of language it's something that is a universal element of language so we're going to get back to this in a moment before that we want to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by our good friends over at fray uh fray is a line of premium men's household clothing care products beginning with laundry detergent the laundry care industry seems to be exclusively tailored towards women from the scents to the advertisements to the packaging designs let me tell you most mainstream laundry detergents are actually harmful to your clothing Ian, that favorite shirt that you're wearing right now, would you prefer it lasts less long or more long? More long. More long, of course. <laughs> Imagine getting a group of people to chant more long. <laughs> That's the best thing people can <laughs> chant. Frey does exactly that. So, so to start, they worked with one of the top fragrance houses on the East Coast to create ins- uh, I can't talk. To create a scent inspired by top men's colognes. Then, they worked with one of the most experienced laundry detergent manufacturers on the East Coast as well to create an athletic, designer-label-safe formulation. It's designed to protect and lengthen the lifespan of your clothing compared to your standard detergent, saving your favorite shirt for a few more wears. Plus, they donate 10% of their profits to charity. Frey is by far the most unique product that we've had advertised at our show. They sent us a clothing care kit that you've been trying out. What are your thoughts? It's nice. It smells good. super interesting smell um rather than your traditional laundry smell it's a cologne inspired kind of yeah colonial scent almost yeah it it reminds me of like flannel shirts around george washington era (laughs) (laughs) that's what those well maybe not then because they didn't like bathe back then really that often well the flannel shirts when they just got got pre-wear yeah Yeah, (laughs) before you could get to it uh, they, they sent us some clothing care kits. We've been enjoying it. Here's the thing. This is me now. They're probably not sending us more laundry kits. <laughs> we probably got the extent of free laundry we're getting, and uh, this is me. 97 out of 100 people say they prefer Frey's scent over their current laundry detergent, and you should try out and see if you do too. Just go to livefrey.com. That's L-I-V-E-F-R-E-Y.com, and check out their complete clothing care kit. 
You can try it. 20% off with our code. Again, $50 product. How much does that save them? $5. I just gave you a look. So you Is that not right? So we love math on this show as we've talked about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can save 20% on your entire purchase. So on 50 bucks, that's $8. No, it's not. That's $10. <laughs> We're very bad at math, and it's so sad. Thank you guys to Frey for sponsoring the podcast. Again, that is L-I-V-E-F-R-E-Y.com. And use the code DBD20 for 20% off your purchase. Thank you to Frey for sponsoring our episode. Thanks, Frey. <laughs> Thanks, Frank. We should uh, we should get a guy to sponsor, just like a dude. That way, at the end of the the ad read, we could just thanks Keegan, <laughs> Michael <laughs> Key, <laughs> for thanks sponsoring your dog's Key. play date <laughs> in Berkeley, Ohio. So there's a few things that I wanted to bring up as well that that we're kind of going to gradually get to. The first of those, and I think this is probably the most important thing that we will ever talk about. Uh, of course, I'm talking about the Kylie Jenner thing. You saw this, right? No. Um, the best tweet that I've ever seen, barely related to, to science, but related to groundbreaking ideas, thought-provoking ideologies. September 18th, 9, 12 p.m., Kylie Jenner hops on Twitter, and with 140 characters of the limit, she says, fuck you, I don't need them. She says, and I quote, last night I had cereal with milk for the first time in my life. Life-changing. <laughs> wait, wait, what? <laughs> cereal with milk? <laughs> I've got a screenshot. So Kylie Jenner, 22 years old, says she had cereal with milk for the first time last night. <laughs> That's crazy. Maybe she's like lactose intolerant. Or They're something. so wealthy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah, they use like they use like gold, liquid gold or something. Gold milk. <laughs> gold milk. No, you know that that beer that has the, like the gold shavings in it, or like the liquor and has like gold shavings yeah. in it. Yeah, imagine that, but spoiled with milk. <laughs> The most expensive in the world. My real topic is, uh, I promise, slightly more interesting than that, though. Um, I have discovered what's possibly the most intense, scientifically carnal moment that a human man can experience. Not maybe specific to men, but I'm a man, so I'm going to talk about my experience with it. Shower oranges. Have you heard... Um, no. I promise you, man. I promise you. And honestly, if you don't believe me, shower with me, dude. No. Getting an orange in the shower, all right? First, you put it in the refrigerator, take it out, take a shower, peel it in the shower, and devour into it. You don't have to worry. Just let the juice drip down your chin, drip down your body. No worries about sticky fingers, sticky chest, sticky anything. And then take a picture of the rinds. That's what the individuals over at Reddit r slash shower oranges have taught me, and I can promise you it's just as good of an experience as you could possibly imagine. Do you sometimes feel like you're not enough of a man? No. <laughs> All right. I feel it for you, though, because of the shower orange thing that you haven't tried. Okay. Just well, okay. <laughs> what is it? I'm going to get it. What do you mean? What's a shower orange? I just described it. What is it? An orange in the shower? Yeah, you eat an orange in the shower because Why? it's carnal. It's like primal. It brings you back to what your family's ancestors' roots were before language. They didn't have showers. <laughs> I'm just, in the rain. They ate it in the rain. Well, I'm not eating. I don't need to. I got a roof. I got a house. They don't. You wouldn't eat it in the rain. All right. Ian obviously doesn't get it. There's some sort of disconnect over here. I don't know if he's, like, stupid or I don't. I, I'm kind of trying to look into his eyes, but they've been closed for the last 15 minutes, so yeah, I can't I'm really stupid. figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> Ian does this thing where if I don't, like, I'll talk, and then if he just says, yeah, I'll look at him, and he'll look down and look back at me again and repeat <laughs> the yeah with a lot more urgency. Like, his eyes go wide. Yeah. I don't dude. know what you want from me. I'm not a shower orange man. I don't even like oranges. Dude, I don't really like oranges either. I do it with a cutie, though. Which does kind of sound less masculine, doing it with the smaller orange fair. Yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> He's not having this one either. That's strike two. Two no, related topics in a row. I'm not, I don't get it, man. I don't get the oranges. I just talked for four straight minutes. Ian's quotes during that time were, uh-huh, yep. I, I mean, I yeah. got, I, I, I'm not an orange person. I don't know what to contribute. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know if I agree that orange is, uh, eating an orange in the shower is the most manly thing you can do. What would you, what would you say is a manly thing versus a non-manly thing? Well, I think those 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 lines are being grayed. That's why I'm, I I don't know what that is anymore. Well, like I don't I don't think that eating an orange is in a shower is more manly than anything else. <laughs> or do less. You, I think it's more manly than something like football now. I think it's it's, it's more manly than football. Yeah, because I like football. Like I, I play fantasy football. I just got an email for my for my roster. I think someone offered me a trade. Football is almost maternal. Like you're holding that ba- that football. Like <laughs> I almost said basketball. <laughs> you're holding that football like it's a baby, and you're coddling it and protecting it until you punt it through a field goal. But other than that, you're like holding it in your arm safe and trying to protect it. I like that Ian thinks like in one play all those things happen. <laughs> it's like the guy runs, he makes a touchdown, punts it through the field goal, and then gives birth at the fifty yard line. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Would you would you play fantasy football with me next season if I asked you to? No. You just wouldn't? No. I I asked you to – would you play fantasy bas- basketball with me this year? No. Probably not. Ian's getting worse at being a friend over time, I think. He's not he's not willing to go out of his comfort zone for you. Listen to That's this. That's not no true. No shower oranges. No shower oranges. That's not true. You, I'll do you, it. You would for someone else. All right, I'll do it then. Here, you want to hear my real complaint Don't with you? Don't you ever do. Don't you ever threaten me with that shit. Do you want to <laughs> get real real quick? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can see you tensing up. I uh, I think that if Ryan would have offered, um, if he would have said you should play fantasy football with me, you would have panicked and agreed. Dude, w- listen, honestly, my, my, my no wasn't a hard no. I just have so little, like, uh, like – care about it that whatever sure i'll do it you want to hear my I other just ryan don't complaint? really care <laughs> here, here, here's here's my other ryan complaint i think that um i think that ryan sent you a tweet the other day that if i would have sent you wouldn't have responded what do you mean what was <laughs> it we have an idea for a podcast you guys have an idea for a podcast <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> then i guarantee you guys that's not true because i tweeted it and then he replied to me and then we had the conversation about it i i tweeted him First, you 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 tweeted him, and then you guys went back and forth. And I feel like if I would one have responded, one of the tweets I wouldn't have responded to. I don't think if I responded to your the idea for the it was a fart podcast for those of you listening, g- genius. But kind of, <laughs> I I think if I would have responded to to your fart podcast idea tweet, you would have not given me the time of day that you gave Ryan. I didn't. He came. He brought up farts. You you came up with the idea of the fart podcast, right? It was kind of a joint effort. Right, so we were we were co- both uh, we were both putting in ideas that formed together into what what like what was the finished product? What what was it again? Uh, well, I gotta hold on. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. Just go to your replies. How many things? I did you reply a lot. To? All right. Uh, all right. So I talked about I've been listening to You Made It Weird with Pete Holmes. Yeah. Yeah. Which he introduced you to, right? Yeah, and he's like, I was like, thanks for introducing me. It's, it's a stimulating conversation that I don't have anyone to produce it with. He's like, yeah, uh, blah, blah, blah. He's like, it's cathartic. Uh, I feel enlightened. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, he's, I just love the way Pete asks the fanboy celebrity questions and then smoothly slides into meta questions about life and existence. Said, I know it makes me wish I had the ability to bring casual conversation into philosophical deep discussion with such ease and so naturally. I always wish I was in these conversations too. He said, I guess we would just have to create a podcast like that. It can be Jekyll and Hyde, half talk about our favorite fart jokes, half talk about the uh, existence of eternal okay, forces. Okay, so l- let's pause, and we are gonna we're gonna continue. That's the specific tweet I was talking about. Where if I would have sent that, I don't think you would have kept talking to me. I absolutely would have. So what was your response to that? I love it. We'll be jackass and hide. We'll call it philosophical farts and transcendental turds. I'll start booking guests. You write the theme song. <laughs> and his response? I love it. I'm thinking something slow and, uh, and uh, melancholic, but ultimately uplifting. Maybe a key change in the minor. See if we can get Barack on. He'd be a, a great inaugural guest. And I said, oh, you just know our boy Barry Bama has got some great fart jokes in his repertoire that he's been holding in. This isn't the podcast that the world deserves right now, but it's the one that it needs. And then he said, there's been too defined of a line between flatulent comedy and metaphysical philosophy. We owe it to the universe to break that barrier down. And then I didn't respond. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a, that was a, it was a good th- it was a good little tweet exchange, and I would have gotten just as long with anyone else. 
So Maybe not. Why, why do our relationships with other people have to be equivalent to our other relationships with other people? Can't we just love each other in our own unique ways? <sighs> that, what, what that means right there is that I'm right. <laughs> that, that's, that's an omission to, to be me. You wouldn't have tweeted that response, all right? It doesn't matter. <laughs> he says it. I <laughs> fucking knew it. Now, let's be clear. Ryan, if you're listening, buddy, I love you. You're coming on one of our other podcasts. Uh, you want to talk? Now I can talk about my tweet exchange with Ryan. So we're doing, we, we've officially announced it on the show, we're doing Music Month for Drawing Board, where we have on some of our most fun musical friends from bands like Forever Strong and The Rex, and we're, we're super excited. Ryan is the lead singer of one of these bands, so I DM'd him, and I basically was just booking, trying to get him on. So I said, hey man, long message ahead, sorry. He's, our, he's the only one of these bands that we're having on that I know personally. But I felt like he was going to be the hardest sell. So I, I convinced like these seven other bands to do it that I didn't know. And then I sent Ryan. I'm like, hey, buddy, listen. Ian and I, this fall, are doing a series of bonus episodes for our podcast where we bring on some of our musician friends to chat about their life and answer some questions. Look, I love Forever Strong. Ian's playing it constantly in the office. But if you need some convincing, blow her all the other bands. <laughs> all right, and Ian and I are even willing to come to you. He's like, you underestimate how easy it would be to get in. <laughs> so I, I, mainly, I'm just insecure on Twitter. <laughs> Apparently. I'm just going to delete it from the, him to block you. You're going to block me? You know what's weird? Um, not that we have to talk about it. We also had a third exchange with Ryan recently on Twitter. Because he saw uh, yeah, the... Yeah, he saw those two, kids, <laughs> those two people and said they looked like us. He was at a hotel in Chicago, I think, or a bar or some shit. I don't know. Yeah, uh, go ahead on what you're about to say. <laughs> so they discover the planet, right? Uh-huh. Uh, it's twice the size of Earth, and it's orbiting the nearby star 40 Arendani, I believe it's pronounced. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting because the planet is exactly where the location of Spock's home planet from Star Trek is, supposedly. And it's also, like, in the habitable zone. And it's really weird. Like, the, the writer of Star Trek, <laughs> like knew exactly where this planet was before we did. And we looked crazy. all the places that famous writers say there are things. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? It's crazy. I guess uh, I love that we just discovered it. That's <laughs> Dude, I swear, like, there are some things, would you, s- that would be, I guess, a scientific coincidence. There are some things that I just don't believe in coincidence about anymore. Right. It's like, Dude, I don't believe in love coincidence. I don't believe that if we find people with pointy ears on that planet, like, he knew. And maybe it wasn't like a he knew he knew, but he felt a connection as he wrote it. Do you think there's anything to that? So, like, when well, that's somebody that's is writing things. something, could is that them actually connecting to some potential thing? Whether it be a timeline and, an, and another no. universe or something, or like uh, Dexter. I'm going to say it. no, but just as everything else I've said on this podcast, like, I'm the least militant about my beliefs as anyone on the planet. Like, believe what you want. I don't. I don't mean to come across as like this is one way. I'm. I'm super open-minded and stuff. So exactly like I don't. I'm super open-minded, I'm but I'm no. gonna spend the last four episodes being non-open-minded. No, I'm not maybe. open. I'm. I'm very open-minded. <laughs> I'm just using like a very things that I'm, yeah. I'm. only speaking this intensely, especially about like free will and stuff for things that seem so incredibly obvious to me, and I believe that adds like. If anyone who really like looks inward, no matter what your beliefs, and also the the disbelief in free will, is very inclusive of so many other beliefs. Like it doesn't really matter. Uh, so like it's barely even a belief. It just it just makes sense. <laughs> to be clear, that's what a belief is. But <laughs> it just goes with everything. Like it, it's like there are no like either things are deterministic or they're random, and either way, there's no room for free will in there. Like on an extra, on a like objective. Here, so, I wasn't gonna bring it up, but since since you since you <laughs> brought it up, talk about this every episode for the rest of time now. Yeah, we are. <laughs> we, this is we talked about doing something special for episode fifty. What we're gonna do is not talk about free will. <laughs> um, I was thinking about this the other night, uh, and I've got a whole list of questions that I'm curious of just where your stance is. Okay, but. One of the things that I think is interesting about free will is that especially in literature and media, it serves as a separation point from human and AI. 
Uh, and AI theoretically does have free will. So I'd ask you now, in a point where we think there could be AI in the future, but don't currently have it, how will we know when that movement happens with the absence of free will? Uh, they still have the illusion of free will. Like, it's, I mean, I, I guess there never would be because we don't have it. They're not... Yeah, there. I mean, we like we don't have free will. Uh, it's like an illusion. So any like the no robots gonna have it. It's it's like the idea that they'll. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> triangulate their like own ideas, but I feel like no matter what, I feel like a robot is even like less so because you could look at you could. I guess it's it's basically the same thing. Like you could open up, you could look at their like log and mm -hmm. see exactly where each thought originated. Like it, you could do that uh, for us. Like everything that we do, every choice that we make has prior causes, and you could do you could just look at those more obviously on like a printed out transcript of what the robot like calculations that the AI made. So it's just it's just a more obvious look that there isn't. Well. S s S similar to mm -hmm. like a, a human brain to j j just so that we're, we're being clear if a robot has a decision making process it would be uh, algorithmic at least based on our knowledge of just how computers and how like operating systems work um, so there are very few situations where we can look at an action and point to a specific very very specific place on where it happened even with very basic computer functions E even something as basic as opening Internet Explorer on your average computer, it's difficult to point to a specific thing. I, even if you say the click, the click represents on the icon so many different things that it's, it's difficult to say specifically. Uh, and well, who are you speaking? Like a robot doing this or a human? I'm saying right now about a computer. Okay. But I'm, I'm – relevating that to human experience that was my argument in prior episodes was that it is so complex as you drill down that it's difficult to point to a specific thing that happens yes but no matter what no matter what that thing is it isn't a choice that you conscientiously make and even like so there are there are studies that where they hook people up the brain uh, to like cat scan machines and just like brain scanners and they can see that uh, like that you your brain they can predict the choice you're gonna make like if there's like a b uh, like a button right mm -hmm. uh, so one of the tests is they make make a clock that's very easy to distinguish the time so it's not a traditional clock so it's like numbers and l letters flashing on the screen mm -hmm. right and then uh, they say, like, there's two buttons, right? Uh, once you decide which button you're going to press, the right or left one, remember at the moment that you decided which letter was on the screen and, it, like, when you decided which one you were going to press. And they can predict, like, ten s they can see in your brain, like, ten seconds ahead of time that your brain has decided which one you're going to pick well before you have. Okay, and so they, like, it can measure those things. So it's cool that you bring that up. Uh, th those are, are based on, and I'm not claiming to be a neurologist, but I would assume that those are based on uh, brain activity patterns. So they'll, they'll, they'll measure brain activity and correlate data. Um, yeah, like so it'll light up in one area if you're going to pick the one button and it'll light up in another. If yeah, you're so that, that's, that's almost exactly what I was talking about. What I think is fascinating, and I'm not saying wrong necessarily, but what I think is fascinating about that belief system is that on, on am I going to press this button or this button, maybe it is a little bit easier to measure a brain activity or a pattern, but when you start dealing with a complex decision involving hundreds of moving variables, which I think most of the decisions we make throughout our day that aren't just I which mean, button do you want to click, like when, when there's emotional attachment, when there's physical attachment, I think that there's such a level of complexity that that's where free will exists, was what I was saying. And th but that's that not same level free will. <laughs> like, if uh, you don't, like, control any of that, you don't choose where, where you're, what your next thought's going to be. As I speak, I don't think of, 
like if if I stumble on a word, which I do frequently, uh, I'm not like what is the uh, like cause of that? Like let me let me ask you another question. Um, because me saying free will is the cause of that doesn't necessarily mean anything. Um, when so last episode you talked about the idea, and I guess three episodes now, <laughs> you talked about the idea that s- you can't impact yourself in a way that you weren't like you're on a set path and you can't stray from that path of your own volition. What's going to happen is kind of going to happen. Just to sum up the conversation, but you did say that outer causation can stray you from that path. So an example of that is another I – mean, you, you could correct me if, if I'm wrong on any of this. Uh, p- please do, actually. But if another person acts upon you in any certain way, then that has the, I- or that has the ability to affect the outcome. Is that about right? Yeah, but then that's your path. Like I'm not saying – like if you – if that uh, – I'm, well, I'm not I, – I haven't said my right. thing yet, so I'm, I'm just setting it up so the okay. listeners – maybe they didn't listen to last episode or something. Um. So w- when we think about this, my question to you in that situation would be why uh, – when we really break it down biologically, why does something that comes externally from our brain instead of internally affect the path? So h- how, how does it affect the brain differently if I do something but to you versus you do something to yourself? Okay, how does that affect the brain differently? It does. It, it, but, but I'm saying the things inside your brain – do affect uh, those things, but those those uh, behaviors. I'm saying that like thoughts and ambitions, they are, they are created in your mind. They're like created in your brain, and they're uh, but they are not the objective you. They are subjective you. They are not like perce- uh, you are just perceiving those things, and these thoughts are created in your mind, and they do influence you, but they are just pushed into your consciousness like you they are not originated by an a, a like the you that has agency in any sense but so so somebody could sit down and people do this a lot people sit down and employ problem solving where they try to have thoughts and then those thoughts happen would you not say that that's the exact opposite of what you're saying someone using problem solving and decision making you can't like you, you are not like the author of your own thoughts or uh, like in any or like real way like you did not author them they kind of like appeared into your mind unauthored and then you projected them outwards so so if you're trying to you could try to do whatever you want you could yeah. try to fly and fail you could try to jump and not be a good jumper if i try to have an original thought What's the difference between me trying to and it happens and it was going to happen anyways and it happens? Like if I sit down and say I'm going to try and write a book versus me coming up with a book idea just like walking down the street and it hits me. What do you mean? What's your question? What's the difference in that? Yeah, like wouldn't you say that if you can – I I think generally if things are repeatable in math, they could be proven as a pattern. I'd say if you can use problem solving and decision making to force yourself to have a thought, and that that's an act of volition, like. But you, but that, like, that volition to propel yourself to sit down and make that and 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 uh, brainstorm those thoughts were not so was not something you chose. It's not something you freely have. It's just something that from genetics you have. Like, the, everything has like prior causes that you can't like comprehend and if you like sit down if you were like 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 i've said before like that like determinism and your ability to act on your desires is is something that fundamentally you did not pick so did not choose your capacity for you to whatever capacity you have to sit down and, and and brainstorm stuff is whatever capacity you have in that moment and no less and no more it's just whatever, uh, like the the chemicals in your brain and your and your genes and your genetic and like your past history has given to you for that moment. So I, we're we're not going to dread on this a, a huge amount longer. There, there's there's enough of a gray area where we, we'll run ourselves in circle in conversation. <laughs> Ian keeps moving my mic this episode, and I don't know what the fuck he's doing over there. <laughs> 
but th there's enough of a gray area where we're, we're just going to start kind of repeating ourselves trying to to, to, to say things. I, I'm, I'm, to kind of, I'm honestly surprised that you don't believe this. Lord, because I mean, I just feel like it, it agree, like no matter what, like uh, like in physics, it just makes sense. Like objectively, it, like rather subjectively or objectively, it, they're like objectively. There's definitely no way because, like I said, things are either deterministic or they're random in the laws of physics, and either way, there's no control on that. Like, it, like in uh, cla in in classics, t in what am I trying to say? in What's the term for uh, that style of physics? I'm trying to think. Newtonian law. And like Newtonian law the basically says in physics that like you could, you could uh, using a set equation, determine everything that's ever going to happen based on where what things are, are like right mm -hmm. now because things are just like a straight path. But then like quantum mechanics came around and was like, that's not necessarily how it works. The best you can do is determine the probability that right. something will happen. But still, in, in no matter e in either one of those, there's still no room for human interference in that. There's no really room for free will to make a difference but in any of that. In all fairness, neither of those principles um, have been applied in a real-world sense to us as people. They've they uh, they apply to everything. At one hundred percent of everything that we like understand, that they apply to. Th this kind of goes back to us talking about. I guess me talking about it earlier where I was saying that a lot of the things that we know to be true, like the Big Bang Theory, is still probably the most generally believed theory. And that's something that I think probably in our lifetime we're going to, to unadopt. I think that the human brain and life as we know it is such an anomaly that to lump it in with the set of physics that we have for the rest of the world when it's an anomaly within that world is just an interesting jump and leap. It's interesting to go the other way. So th th this is kind of what I was going to say earlier, though. Um, but there's – if with the information that's that's publicly available, um, there's there's room for you to kind of lean towards whatever direction you want. I, I'm not cer – I, I do think that there's tons of v validating data towards what you want to say, uh, more so than there is on my side. I think there's more belief in my mind than there is uh, raw scientific data, which I understand a science podcast XYZ. But at the end of the day, there's still enough of a gray area where when presented with the information, someone can make a decision on, on where they land based on their own who they are. So wh wh what I'm saying here is that I, I don't necessarily think it's just a coincidence that both of us chose – the side that we are most uh, that we find more comfort in, B based on statements that you've made on the show, I think you find a lot more comfort in the idea that we don't have free will, where I find comfort in the idea of knowing that I can do anything that I want to do, and that's because of me. I don't think that's necessarily. I don't think I find more comfort. I, th I find comfort in it because it's the truth, and I think I, I would like to think that like. There is uh, like I get free will is an is a convenient illusion to have, but I don't think not having it has uh, like not benefited me in any way. I, I guess like I, I don't really believe that. I just think that like it doesn't even have to do with belief. I like even not understanding the mind. It doesn't matter. Like not understanding like if you believe that we have are something more. If we if we were like an immortal soul, no matter what it is, no matter if we're like a soul or ectoplasm, like whatever it is that makes us who we are, that is irrelevant to this idea because regardless, we did not choose what that is. We, we have no like real freedom in the matter. I, I, like, the, I like the idea that if I, if I uh, like switched us atom by atom, if I if I re 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 like replaced me and all the circumstances in, if or I, I guess yeah if I if I was like all if everything that you were and all the circumstances of your life and if I just replaced myself with you atom by atom I would be you and like you would be me like and if someone else was in my place with all with all of my like atoms and all the uh, like particles that make up who I am and all the past life experience and like 
the same parents and the same genes, they would be me. And that's like the idea of it is that it's all about like physical like like things that exist. Like it's a horrifying are predetermined. It, it, it it's a completely horrifying, uncomforting concept. And that's something with like psychopaths. That's why like it's like I can't how I can't deny the fact that like if I was in their shoes, I would like I would be in their shoes. I would be them if I had like their same brain chemistry and like that. Uh, that's what that person is. So like I, I mean, not to go back into the rabbit hole again and, and dive deeper. I just watched a TED talk last night on on, on psychopathy and, and some related topics as well. I again, I just think it gets us generally close, and there, there's so much room for what the quantum world is going to open up our eyes to. I, 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 I see all of this as but you general go off the reality data. that you have, and we have a, a decent understanding of like quantum mechanics. Uh, we have a, a, a great understanding of it. Like you, well, you can. We have, we have an okay understanding of. It. I wouldn't say we have. We have the best it can be. It. Like at at the moment, you we can't. We have the best it can, can be. But that's not how you. That's you not how you decide whether something's good or great. But you can't. The best it can be doesn't mean a great understanding. But you don't know what it isn't. You can't operate off of something you don't know is true. You can't it's operate under the idea of potential, and it's assumed by every known scientist that quantum mechanics and quantum physics and quantum everything is the future. Then that's everything. Then that, that's just like an irrelevant thing. Yeah, that's like, not an irrelevant thing. If we think that the industry is going to grow we tenfold— don't, We don't know if we're at 99% of understanding of quantum mechanics or at 1%. Then why argue, why argue on the idea that we're at 1%? Scientists predict growth. Scientists predict that that's going to be one of the largest scientific communities within the next 20 years. It already is. It already is the most like uh, people don't understand. Like, Regar regardless, quantum mechanics is not some like mythical thing. It's it's, it's regardless of what it is. If they predict it to be twenty times what it currently is, then that's decent causation. They don't predict. You can't predict twenty times, one hundred percent. Twenty is arbitrary. Uh, it's not about a percentage. It's about progress. Yeah, we're twenty is arbitrary. It doesn't matter. Like we're exist like we have our understanding of quantum mechanics and that's what we have and it's going to grow sure but we can't say how much it's going to grow we can make predictions based on the speed at which it has been growing not really yes we can because it's a it's a set that's what like the whole idea of a unified theory is is that there's a set of equations that is not that far out of our reach that with this set of equations you can determine everything. The, the, theoretically, if if one person is at a, the highest possible speed of understanding, they're putting pouring their life into something, and uh, I mean way past one person's lifetime, they can theoretically understand the full extent of a certain property. But that's that's not how the world works. We have a group of people who are going to be pouring more time and money into it. The more time and money means the more people and the, the, the more people investing their time in this property means more quantum physics, more quantum mechanics, more quantum everything for the future. Yeah, that's like the I'm dumbest thing to fight me over. I'm just saying you can't base a, a point of your argument over something that we might discover. I'm saying that pe so people, it, there's a lot that we don't know. Yeah. There are plenty of questions to still be asked in quantum mechanics and qu quantum physics. It, it's it's the newest, hot version of science. It's like the the hottest new. It's like up there with microbiology, in, in these all new trending portions of science. I mean, it's been since 1920. Like it's yeah, uh, as opposed to well, it like turns out all the other science has been around for like fucking 600 years. N Isaac Newton is not 600 years. I didn't say Isaac Newton specifically. But that's what, like, physics Galileo is, is 600 years ago. We're talking ago. about, like, physics. Like, Newtonian law is one thing, and then there's, like, the, like... It would be different if... if it's not so some, like, Newtonian crazy law, thing. New, New, Newtonian law is a very specific thing. If I were to say that Newtonian law is going to be more important or less important, th th then your, your point is applicable. But it's not that. I'm saying that the general field around quantum everything is going to be larger. Yes, it's going to be larger. Cool, that's what but you fought me on. Th so. What was the original point of that, though? The original point of that was that as it grows and as every scientific industry ever grows, we disprove previous things, we learn more that doesn't, maybe not even necessarily What does that mean? <laughs> 
What like, the fuck why, do you mean? What does that mean? Why does that matter? We have to operate off of the reality that we know and the science that we understand. We can't operate off of something that we can't fathom. For someone that constantly says we don't have to have an answer than ever to everything, it's weird for you to take data that we don't entirely have, and we know we'll get more data, and say, all right, well, I'm going to go and commit to an answer. I'm not saying that it's wrong. I'm saying, why don't we not commit to an answer yet? What do you mean? Why don't we not commit to an answer yet? I'm saying there's not enough data to definitively talk about um, the, the lack of free will and conscious, because the information is – you're already, you're already trying to, like, throw a fit over there. But there, there's – I'm saying that there's not enough data – and that there's currently a gray area. So in this gray area, what I'm doing is waiting for more data, and what you're doing is jumping to the conclusion and saying it's wrong for people who don't jump to the conclusion. I'm just saying it's not wrong for someone if they want to wait, as a because a huge part of what we're experiencing here lies in quantum physics and quantum mechanics, and we're going to see a huge surge in new information there. No one is wrong in their beliefs. No one is wrong in their beliefs, but uh, but they like I'm saying. Based on any laws of like uh, like physics that we are aware of, like uh, and whether it be like just quantum mechanics or just any physics, there is no room for free will in that like uh, understanding. That's what I'm saying. You can believe whatever you want. <laughs> it's, it's just uh, like doesn't really matter. Like I, I mean, you, like you, you can be open to believe whatever you want, but I'm just saying with based on like the laws of physics that we understand. Then, like, it's a theory. It's, it's what everything's a theory. Not everything is a theory. There th you were talking about mathematics and why that's important because it's non-theoretical. Because they it's are. Definitive. It is. That's not what. No, that's not what theory means. Like in that sense, like every like, you based off of theory, like gravity is a theory. Like all these things are theories that we, like, bite into. Like there's nothing that isn't. Theoretical, if you want to be like, it's just what we understand. Like, the, there's so much. It's different. Uh, in gravity is is, pro pro is probably lumped into the same. Like category. these equations in mathematics are part of, of like theoretical physics. There, the on, the one thing in, in the universe, if there if there's one thing that we know the least amount, it's a it's humans. It's humans and, and what life is within our universe. If, if we had to point to any one thing that we know the least amount, I'd say it's that. And I, I think that's a difficult point to refute. So when, when we talk about other theories, and gravity is another one of the crazy ones that we are, are just assuming based on a lot of things. But when we talk about a lot of theories, a lot of those theories are based on things that we feel confident we have a general understanding on. The general consensus on, like, how we feel as humans, there is no general consensus on what we think life is. Is there more life? There's more questions related to life than there is to anything else, and that's why I think those are, those are dangerous conclusions. You're just you're never gonna get to any scientific conversation if you just say like, "Well, we don't really know anything." I had a scientific conversation. Look, I'm not saying you're wrong either. I'm saying that that's probably right as a generally proved theory, but it, it, the the point I was fighting against was the point that you made. Th at this point, like 15 minutes ago, that you can't fathom how somebody couldn't understand it. You, you said that it's it's not a belief, and then you kind of patronizing. I don't, I don't think that was the context. I don't think I said I can't fathom how people can't understand it. What, you didn't say understand it. That, that's that's my bad. That's well, it wasn't it wasn't about it was, whenever I, I don't remember what it was uh, when I said like I can't fathom that, but it wasn't about people's understanding. It was like how you can. Can't remember, but whatever. <laughs> People, it's 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 an illusion so good that it's really easy to play into, and it's not something that you can like consciously operate off of, and it's not always helpful to operate off of. But I just think, regardless of your like beliefs, it, like whether it be from like objective facts or subjective facts, it does not appear that free will. There's any room for human intervention in physics, or and there's not really any free will, and any like there's no no true freedom because you do not choose anything fundamentally. If you believe in a soul, you do not choose to be born with the soul you were born with. You, there's not really any true freedom in it. And I, th that that's a statement that I'm 100% okay with, but it, it came off like you were patronizing people who 
disagree that that's that's what I'm it was. arguing a point, but I'm never ever ever like being militant in my beliefs. Like I'm never like patronizing. I'm not trying to come off as patronizing. I'm not trying to come off like I'm the most like open-minded person. And like I said, like when people like uh, tell me about their beliefs in something, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense, and it I understand that, and I believe that. But I'm just saying like this. I'm arguing this point because it just makes sense to me. I'm not saying that anyone's wrong for believing in free will. I'm just saying I believe my like I, I it really appears to me that that is like the the truth. It's hard to, for me to look at like the like the idea of the illusion of free will and not see it like believe that I'm looking at truth in the face. Not not directly uh, speaking to to free will, but uh, like we we brought up other theories like gravity. If someone were to walk around and say that they didn't believe gravity, like fucking throw an apple at their head. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, I mean, that's such a grandpa answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if if someone were to walk around and say they didn't believe gravity, or they didn't believe another commonly uh, agreed upon fact. Yeah. It, uh, but what, what what would you what would you say is a sufficient amount of evidence to lodge a complaint against something like that? So if if you say I don't really buy gravity, how much? Uh, not there that you could quantify it, but there is r- there is a room and a place for uh, like uh, for uh, like opinions, but uh, like not when it comes to uh, like uh, objective facts about our understanding of the universe. There's but don't write it off to opinions. Let's let's talk about something like the Big Bang theory, where gener- I mean, you on this show have several times said that you don't believe it, and it's the generally uh, supported theory. I I said one. Uh, there was one podcast where I said that I don't like. I said I'm a I'm a person of conflicting beliefs and, and like I'm a, a hypocrite I don't know I, I mean so regardless of what you think about it right okay. let's let, let's move past it I'm, I'm saying that when, when I'm when I'm saying that I don't necessarily buy into this idea uh, I'm saying that with a certain amount of like information that I come with and a certain amount of I, I guess belief systems that come along with that if I were to say it about like a non-life theory, like the Big Bang theory. Like, how much information do I need to have as a scientist, not as just some opinion-based blogger? But how much information do I have to have as a scientist, scientist to remain skeptical about an idea? You can be skeptical, skeptical about whatever you want. Uh, Skepticality is what often leads to innovation in science, though. When okay, then yeah, they sh- they should pursue it, but it doesn't. But until it's like cool. widely accepted, it's not like uh, like yeah. I just don't. Uh, we we're talking so much about like belief and like, but I don't think in a conversation that I'm trying to have about like uh, science, there's no room for conversation about belief. It's like uh, it's physics and science as we accept it. <laughs> All right, guys, so we're at the end of this episode. We promise to not bring up the free will thing for a little while. We're going we're gonna to talk about episode uh, 50 coming up next week. Uh, today is Wednesday the 19th. Episode 50 releases Wednesday the 26th. We're super excited about that. Uh, we're not going to talk exactly about what we have planned. Uh, nothing crazy, nothing big, but we are looking forward to hopefully having a fully staffed episode with three people. Thank you guys so much for listening. New episodes every Wednesday. Um, be sure also, if you haven't, to check out some of our other podcasts. Uh, we have the Drive-By Dogs collection, which you can find on any of your preferred podcast providers. That has every podcast that we do, from comedy to advice to, to science to geek culture and entertainment. It's a pretty wide spectrum, so it's pretty important. Uh, past that, check out our sponsor, livefrey.com. That's L-I-V-E-F-R-E-Y.com. Use our code DBD20 for 20% off. Thank you, guys. Talk to you next week. Cosmic Gumshot. <laughs>